Welcome to this special edition series of Penta Communications' top growth podcast, Emerging Stronger. Produced to help leaders gain valuable insight into strategies to help them lead their organizations more effectively through the coronavirus epidemic. Our host, Deborah Penta, interviews several leading experts in various disciplines, bringing together a well-rounded, all-star lineup on subjects such as positive thinking, wellness, business growth, and how to sell out of an economic downturn. Well, good morning, and today we are delighted to welcome John Killam, President and CEO of the Massachusetts Manufacturing Extension Partnership. John is a multifaceted, innovative leader with extensive experience in operations management, manufacturing, engineering, optimization, quality management, business development, manufacturing operations, R&D, cost analysis, and strategic production planning. At the Mass MEP, John leads a team of professional consultants in the delivery of growth strategies to improve top line while reducing costs. In the past year alone, his team has led manufacturers to $55 million increases in new sales and has added 490 new jobs. John brings over 30 years of experience working for Fortune 200 manufacturing companies. And today, he's joining us to shed some light on what manufacturing companies are doing right now to survive the COVID-19 crisis. John, thank you so much for joining us. We're really delighted that you're here today. Good morning, Deborah. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. Well, thank you. And, you know, we're really curious as to um, the manufacturing emergency response team and how you and the Mass MEP has become involved in that. Can you tell our listeners um, what that is, what what the manufacturing emergency response team is? and what, um, what your role and or the role of the Mass MEP has been in that, um, in that team. Sure. Um, so early at the uh, onset of this pandemic, the governors uh, in the United States were meeting with the president, President Trump, demanding uh, supplies, PPE supplies for the hospitals and the critical emergency response uh, folks that are at the front lines of this um, terrible uh, uh, pandemic. The president instructed many of the governors to find their own source of PPE. And because the supply was just not there for a national distribution. So Governor Baker went back to his team and uh, created the COVID command center. And under the leadership of Secretary Mary Lou Sutters, uh, and she reports up to Governor Baker and Lieutenant Governor Karen Polito um, to create a single point of strategic decision-making and coordination for the administration's COVID-19 response. And so with all that said, there were many, many issues that needed to be addressed in our state um, to keep our people, our, excuse me, keep our, 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 citizens safe and stop spreading uh, the disease. So one of the elements that came out of this was something called the Manufacturing Emergency Response Team. And the Manufacturing Emergency Response Team was staffed or is staffed by folks from the administration, the state's administration, 
uh, folks from industry, manufacturing industry, as well as academia. Uh, so folks from uh, MIT, UMass Lowell, UMass Amherst, um, and certainly a number of the uh, big hospitals in Boston. And the, the effort was to simply find manufacturers in Massachusetts that could provide PPE, a product, to, um, as we talked about, the hospitals and emergency response people. So the team has been actively looking at what it would take to make these products here in Massachusetts. And as you can imagine, um, there's a lot of FDA regulations, NIOSH regulations um, that go along with producing these products. So uh, our role has been uh, the connector. So the, the emergency response team, their effort to get manufacturers to pivot is the term that they're using, and that's to transition their production process to make something different than they make today, and that thing different would be the PPE. And, and so let's talk for a second about the FDA regulations, because it sounds like it would be very difficult to shift operations um, into manufacturing one thing that's completely different out of the medical realm to going into, um, you know, tr creating PPE product, manufacturing it. So how is that working? How does the, um, how does it work and is it working fast enough? Um, unfortunately, uh, it's not working fast. And, um, and there's a number of reasons for that. Uh, in Massachusetts, we have predominantly smaller manufacturers who work on fixed uh, processes, making parts to service the DOD or the medical industry. And the, these production lines are built with um, specific equipment, with specific materials to make the products that the manufacturers make today. With the, the, the request to transition their manufacturing, pivot their manufacturing to something different, well, it brings up certainly a number of challenges. Do we have the right equipment? Do we have material? Do we know the specifications? Um, do we have the talent on staff to do these things? And then on top of that, what they're competing against is OEMs, international OEMs, that make these products in, in the millions. They're very, very um, high production lines to produce N95 masks, gowns, gloves, and things like that. So the challenge for our manufacturers is not only to transition their production lines, but they need to have some understanding of the material that they're working with and, um, and some understanding of the production process. So we did find a few manufacturers that have shown some ability to um, transition their process, but in general, it's been a very, very difficult um, um, effort to, to really make happen. And I think as a result of this, I hope as a result of this, that at least Massachusetts will step back and take a look at the Massachusetts supply chain and make some investment in the Massachusetts supply chain 
so that in the future, if we have situations like this, that we can quickly get up to speed and make the, the uh, whatever the product is for that period of time. Absolutely, John. And so when the White House called um, manufacturers across the country to step up and help, do you know how many responded within Massachusetts? Um, at, the, at the onset, there were very few. Um, we, we, saw, we saw more of a movement in Massachusetts with companies that weren't waiting for um, a purchase order. Uh, companies like Flexcon and Spencer, they, um, they do a roll to roll and uh, they use a, a plastic material and they transition their operation in two days to start producing uh, face shields. And when they wanted to notify some, somebody at the state level that they could do this, there just wasn't a system set up for it yet. Right. And so what they did, what Flexcon did, was they just started distributing their face masks locally to fire stations, police departments, hospitals, emergency room clinics. And um, we, we saw a lot of that out of the gate from many, many different types of organizations. Yeah, which is really wonderful to support the community in that way, to respond so rapidly. Um, and very impressive that they were able to do that in two days based on um, what they had for, re for the resources that they had and the talent, et cetera. Um, what other companies um, have, have stepped up? Are there any um, success stories other than FlexCon that uh, stand out in your mind as being... Um, noteworthy to share with our listeners this morning? Sure. One of the strengths um, in Massachusetts manufacturing goes back uh, probably more than 100 years, and that's the textile industry. And so there's remnants of that industry still throughout Massachusetts. And um, there are two companies that come to mind, 99 Degrees and uh, Merrow Manufacturing. Both these companies have stepped up to produce uh, gowns. And the protective gowns, you might think it's just an easy um, fabric plug and play, but there are levels of gowns, FDA regulations, levels one, two, and three, depending on the need. So if there's a need for a um, high uh, infectious disease area, then that gown may be category three and have higher requirements in terms of FDA uh, regulations versus uh, a class one gown. And so we've learned way too much about gowns uh, for the healthcare industry, but these two companies are stepping up. They're making class one gowns um, and finding the material. They're putting their people to work. And today it's more of a cut and sew, but um, these two companies have been amazing in their cooperation with the state's administration to provide um, products to our uh, local uh, hospitals. Yeah, that's really fantastic. So you have so much experience um, in, the, in the manufacturing industry through all of your, um, with your background and the Mass MEP is very fortunate to have you at the helm and really is a, a tremendous resource for these leaders um, here in the Commonwealth and the manufacturing realm. 
you know, what is it, what resources are available as you see it? What are the best resources that are available to Massachusetts manufacturers right now who, um, who might be struggling through this COVID-19 crisis, like so many other businesses across America, um, where production might be down, sales obviously may be down, they may have to have lay people off, furlough people. Um, what resources are you finding um, are really the best um, for the manufacturing community at this time? So the first one, I think that would be really great would be the Massachusetts, uh, Mass.gov have set up a, uh, a website, it's Mass.gov slash COVID-19, where a manufacturer could go into this webpage and load in their information to become a supplier of all or some of the PPE uh, products that are needing by Massachusetts. There's also a place where manufacturers or anybody could go to donate material um, that is in need. So that's the first place I'd start if a manufacturing is looking to increase um, production through a, a different product line. The second um, one that comes to mind would be there is money available through the Massachusetts Workforce Training Fund program where you can access, a manufacturer could access funds to do training to transition their organization, to optimize their organization, um, so that they're better prepared coming out of this COVID-19 uh, pandemic. They certainly could go to the massmep.org website, and we would direct or advise anybody that needs help um, and certainly uh, would be welcome to do that. And we also have a national network of MEPs for folks outside of the state of Massachusetts who are looking to make connections. Let's talk about that. How has your team been supporting manufacturers through this crisis now? Have you been, have you seen that you're, you know, you're doing a lot more consulting um, with your members? How have you been very busy offering advice, uh, you know, telephonically? How has that been working? What, what has your team been doing to support, um, to support the leadership in this, uh, in this crisis? Sure. The, um, first of all, the, the uh, administration's emergency response team has taken about a third of our staff uh, to, to administer that program and do the outreach and the, the connectivity to manufacturers. So we've allocated a big chunk of resources to helping the state accomplish what um, they're trying to do. The rest of the folks are working on uh, immediate needs that we can deliver virtually to our manufacturers. Um, and that, that could be things around continuity planning. Uh, it could be how to implement an ISO uh, program uh, so that you have the systems in place to produce PPE or you'll be better positioned coming out of this um, pandemic to produce other types of products. So it, it's difficult because the challenge has been that we cannot go into manufacturers right now, uh, the, the folks that are working, Obviously, nobody wants strangers in their, their facility. 
So the, the efforts really around communicating what the resources are, and we do that through our webpage and newsletters, uh, communicating uh, the updates as to what the state is doing, resources and things like that. We also have, we built out a portfolio of um, virtual uh, training as well as virtual uh, informational sessions. And so we're, we're trying to stay in touch with our manufacturers um, so that coming out of this, they're better prepared and they know who to uh, reach out to if they want to continue um, this relationship. That's, that's really great. And I, and I, I want to talk a little bit about this virtual training um, because, of course, if people take advantage of that, they're only going to benefit by coming out stronger. What types of topics are you offering um, for the virtual training right now? So um, right now we're doing things around operational excellence, um, doing some of the Toyota production training. Um, Intro to Lean, we're doing value stream mapping. Um, we're also doing programs for growth on marketing and sales growth. Uh, in this time, particularly when people have uh, maybe some available uh, time on their schedules, uh, they can start putting plans in place to come out of this um, in a better position. We put a lot of effort into the the uh, regulatory uh, compliance around the ISO programs, uh, AS9100, uh, ISO 1345. A number of these uh, initiatives have and include continuity planning. And manufacturers are going to change how they operate as a result of this. And these plans that need to be put in place really force manufacturers to think about how do I handle a disaster like this in the future? So things like supply chain. Do you, do you have a supply chain that can continue in a disaster? Your people, will they be able to come into your facility? If they can't, how will you handle that? And as a result of these challenges, I think we're going to see um, some very, very dynamic changes in, in the manufacturing industry, specifically around automation. Yeah, that's really great. And I think um, they think it will change. It will be a game changer. And, I, and people will really understand how important it is to be agile and flexible and, um, and to instill some new principles that they never would have thought of before this pandemic happened to keep mm -hmm. them strong and, and, uh, and move through this um, crisis and, and, and have the experience to tackle, um, you know, whatever lies ahead. Know, right. um, in the future. Right. Um, so is there any, any last thing that you would like to share with our listeners um, today that maybe some quick five, you know, the five most important things that manufacturers can do right now in a quick summary? Um, if you had to pick five of your top recommendations uh, right out of the gate, what they should be doing, what would those five be? Um, so it, it begins with plan. Uh, they need to plan for the future. They need to plan for how are they going to come out of the COVID-19 pandemic? What, what will be different that they need to address? Secondly, um, as we look to the future, we, we've been experiencing a major 
skills gap in manufacturing when this economy was booming. When we come out of the COVID-19 pandemic, what, what we'll need to do is really take a look at what people are doing and how do we create redundant systems, autonomy, automation. Um, there's, a, there's a number of ways to look at that. The, we've mentioned supply chain. Materials are critical. And if you don't have redundant supply chains or redundant materials available to you and, and options like that, your manufacturing operations are very, very vulnerable uh, to be shut down. So it's with manufacturing, at the end of the day, they're, they're always chasing um, the, the best quality, looking for ways to reduce cost, and um, looking for how, we, how do we better serve our customers with uh, on-time delivery and providing them with what they need. So today, if your operation has been slowed down or if you um, have been shut down, this is a great time to be planning for the future, how to come out of this and how to get back up and running efficiently and effectively. And the MEP network would be uh, best positioned to help you with that. Wonderful. As always, John, thank you so much for your expertise, for sharing this great information. And we, um, we wish you and the organization and all of the manufacturers across the Commonwealth and beyond the most success in navigating through this unprecedented time. Um, and we, we thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome, Deborah. Thank you so much.